Good morning, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Obsidian Achievement. This is your host, Michael Russin. Thank you for joining me. Thank you guys for your support. We have tens of thousands of listeners all over the country, all over the world. Um, and I just wanted to thank you guys. We're up like 27% this month over last month, and we just grow month to month to month. I shut down the patron, so uh, some of you that donated regularly, you'll see those payments stop. I'm not taking money from you guys anymore for this. Um, I want to genuinely be able to say I do it for free. And here's the thing: I just I don't know what the timeline on my studio is because it would be moving, you know. So I don't want to dump a bunch of money into a studio here in Maine if I'm going like to West Virginia or Kentucky or Tennessee or Texas or something, um, you know, to my compound. So. I don't take any more donations, so you guys will see those charges stop on your cards for those of you that did recurring. Um, and uh, if you listen to older episodes, that Patreon link no longer works. So don't worry about it. Now, uh, what I wanted to talk about today was what it means to be a man. What it means to be a man. So I was sitting at a bar this weekend. Remember Saturday or Sunday? Sunday, no, no, it wasn't yesterday, maybe Friday, um, sometime in the last five days, and there were these two, uh, you'd probably call them bull dykes, <laughs> like hardcore masculine lesbians, sitting at the bar, a couple seats down, now, they're all the same, I know one girl who I, I, she would probably identify, I don't know, I'd have to ask her, we're good friends, um, I have a lot of respect for her as a person. She's very high drive, very high achiever, but not woke. She's gay, but she's not woke. Um, and she's she's a beautiful woman, like very attractive girl. And uh, but that's not the that's not that she's see she's the exception to the rule. <laughs> they all look the same. Her aside, and I'm sure there's other pretty masculine lesbians, but normally they're not. Usually they're. 20 to 30 pounds overweight, you know, the short haircut, round, very round. There's Their face takes on this androgynous um, look. I don't know if it's maybe they were, weren't getting attention from guys because they're just ugly women, so they switch teams. I don't know. Like I said, aside from this one girl and some of the other pretty, I mean, I again, I know that there's other attractive masculine lesbians out there. It's just not the norm. It's just not, it's, I'm sure she would agree with me. Uh, I'm not going to say who it is because I haven't asked her permission yet to say her name, but, um, I'm sure she would agree with me that there's not very many pretty masculine lesbians out there. Right. And, uh, you know, they were just, you know, wallet with the chain on it, you know, cargo short. They always wear cargo pants or cargo shorts. Like those, uh, those sneakers with the E on it. Echo. Is it echo or something like that? Um, just flannel t-shirt and it's like it's like ladies you don't look like men you look like little boys <laughs> like you look like little preteen, 12 13 year old boys and that's what happens when a woman tries to pretend to be a man and it's the same thing think about the men that try to pretend to be women they're grotesque they wear what do what do so men that try to LARP or women that try to LARP as men, what do they do? Cargo shorts, chains, 
you know, flannels, backwards. It's always a backwards hat. Always a backwards hat. Come on now, y'all know I'm right. Always with the backwards hat and their bangs down halfway to their forehead like a 12-year-old boy would. And then when women try to, or, or when men try to pretend to be women, it's grotesque amounts of makeup, slutty clothes, you know, they, they contour their chest to make it look like they have boobs. It's disgusting, right? So I don't know which is worse. But I was sitting there thinking, I was like, ah, I wonder what if I were to ask these two what it means to be a man, would they be able to tell me? And I wanted to. I wanted to. If they were a couple seats closer to me, I wouldn't have just came right out and been like, you know, but I would have kind of fished a little bit. You know, I have a way of being polite to people enough to where I can get what I want out of them without them knowing that's what I'm doing. Um, I I would love to have heard what they had to say about it. But what does it mean to be a man? Is it what does it mean to? Be, we'll do a woman a different time, and I might have a woman speak on that. But what does it mean to be a man? Is it what you wear? Is it having a chain in your wallet? Is it the type of beer that you drink? Is it having a beard or a mustache? What makes a man a man? And I was thinking about that as I was sitting there. And, you know, I came up with a couple of answers in my head. I think that the number one, the most masculine manifestation of manhood is number one, to be a father. The most masculine manifestation of manhood is to be a father. Now, preceding that is to be a husband, right? So it's like, I think that being a husband is number one, but you, the the most, like, manhood coming into its full, at the end of its metamorphosis, fatherhood. Right, so there's a whole lot of important things that have to go in ahead of time, but I'm starting off my list with what I think is the the um, the uh, magnum opus of manhood, and that is to be a father. Now, that doesn't mean that men who are not fathers aren't men. What I'm saying is, it's almost like a caterpillar, right? Is a caterpillar a butterfly? Was a butterfly? Are they? They're they're the same creature, right? But the full expression of manhood is to be a father. That's at the top of the list, and then to be a husband. So I think being a husband to a woman who you love, who you cherish. Now again, there's a lot of dudes that I would not call manly that are husbands that treat their wives like shit. So it's not just the title. It's also earning the qualities that make the title, right? Like, you could be a husband to somebody, but be a total piece of shit. Like, when I say be a husband to a wife, I mean a man. And, and again, there's, there's fathers that were horrible to their kids. So, it's when I talk about these terms, husband, father... I'm talking about them at their highest ideal, at their highest level of attainment. I'm not talking about the pieces of shit. I'm talking, when I say to be a father, I mean at the, at the highest attainable level. Same with being a husband. So I think a real man 
you know, I had lunch the other day with a, uh, one of my friends and a kid that I've mentored for a long time. And I just said, when are you going to pop the question? How long have you been together for? Two, three years? What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? Like, and my question to all of you guys that listen to me that have been with women for 18 months or more, what are you waiting for? Even a year. What is it that you're waiting for? Are you just using her for sex? Like, what, what, what is it that you're waiting for? Well, it's and here's the thing, man. You know what I'm tired of hearing from people when it comes to being a father, when it comes to being a husband, is it's not the right time. Who the hell are you? You're trying to play God. You think right now is not the right time? How about six months from now when your wife, your, well, who could have been your wife, gets a cancer diagnosis? Is then the right time? What about if you get a cancer diagnosis? Is then the right time? What, to sit here and say that there's going to be a better time in the future is ludicrous. Ludicrous. To say in the Bible, God laughs at the plans of men. Laughs at them. Because they're foolish. Oh, that's not the right time. Oh, once I get, once I get my car paid off. Once I get my car paid off and once I have some money in the bank and do the savings uh, and once I get my promotion at work and once the cows come home and once the flowers start to grow and once I get the lottery and once I get the... <laughs> you know what I'm saying, man? These guys will sit here and the list off. It's so funny. I'll talk to these young guys. And I, listen, I'm not trying to dog y'all because this is most of you. Most of the young guys that listen to me have said something like this to me at some point in time. So I got to get in your ass a little bit. I'm not trying to discourage you, but I got to keep it real with you. Well, once I get the promotion, once I get the cars paid off, once I get the this, and once I get, then I'm going to, nah, dude, you have no idea what's coming. You, promotion, you might get fired. Promotion. <laughs> cars paid off, you might get into an accident, might get stolen. You know what I'm saying? Like, trying to prepare for all. God, that's gross. It's like a tent community down there. I've never noticed. Uh, trying to prepare for all of these things. You can only control what you can control, if that makes sense. So there's no point. There's no point. There's no point at all in waiting. So being a husband, being a father, okay, very important. Being a husband, being a father. What else? A man gets up every day and does what he needs to do, when he needs to do it, how it needs to be done, regardless of how he feels. Men are disciplined. Men are disciplined. Men do what needs to be done, when it needs to be done, how it needs to be done, regardless of how they feel. If you are not disciplined, you are not a man. You are a little boy. This is, I put this right, because there's a lot of other things I could talk about. Integrity, this, that, and the other thing. And I put discipline right underneath fatherhood and husband, being a husband. Because if you have discipline... You'll have every other good quality. Like, I don't know people that are super disciplined that have, like, that struggle with pornography. I don't know people that are super disciplined that 
you know, some are. Some people, I'm talking about the people that are disciplined in every area of their life. Every area of their life. If you are disciplined, you're going to have every other great characteristic quality, right? So discipline. Real men are disciplined. Real men, next, find a way to make it happen, no matter what. I don't know if you want to call this ingenuity. I don't know if you want to call this resourcefulness. I don't know if you want to call it luck. (laughs) But real men find a way to make it happen no matter what. A real man can lose his job and in the next week is making more money than he was before. A real man can get... Is he can fail at one company and succeed. Like a real man can get hit left, right, uppercut and still come back and deal a knockout blow. That's a real man. A real man that regardless of the circumstances in his life finds a way to make it happen for those that depend on him. I haven't been able to rest in 12 years. Why? Because I have people that depend on me. And now the stakes are even higher because I'm a father and I'm about to be a father to two children. What a wonderful, amazing responsibility has been put on me that God would trust me. This is the way I look at it. And this is the way you fathers need to look at it too. God trusts me enough to give me, first off, one of his precious creations as a wife. One of his very precious creations, my dear wife, Geneva, he gave her to me. And I wasn't always perfect. I'm pretty good now. He gave her to me to love and cherish and protect and provide for. But now he's giving me Ada. And next he's giving me another little girl. So now I am in charge of God's three precious, precious creations. I have dominion, not domination. It's a big difference. I have dominion over them. It is my responsibility to provide, protect, and lead my wife and my two little girls. What an amazing, amazing responsibility. Yet some fathers, some bumps on the log, some pieces of shit look at it as an obligation. When really it's the highest blessing you could possibly obtain. The highest blessing. I think God gives men daughters especially um, as a real test. And as a real heart preparation. We're talking about this with my my wife and I on our way back from lunch. We went to church uh, and then we went to lunch yesterday. We're coming back um, home and... Ada's sleeping on Geneva's chest and, uh, you know, we were talking about how God gave me a girl first and probably two girls first to soften me because I might have been, had God given me a boy first, I think I might have been too harsh with the child. I really do. Not as a baby. 
know what I mean? I'm not going to make my baby throw him in an ice bath at 3 o'clock in the morning, but I might have done that to a 6 or 7-year-old. <laughs> now I don't think I would. You know what I'm saying? Like, God has given me... By the way, anybody listen, I would never throw a child in an ice bath, okay? Um, it's a joke. But I might have been a little bit maybe too harsh with my boy had I had a boy first. So we were joking that God gave me Ada, and he looked at my heart. I'm like the Grinch. <laughs> my heart grew two sizes, but it needs to grow three more before I have a boy. <laughs> so he gave me another girl. You know what I mean? And uh, it's just so, I feel like there's such a profound truth to that in my heart. This isn't me, like, rationalizing, like, having had two girls. I'm so blessed to have two little girls first. Um, I really do believe that God gave me these two little girls to soften me and put me in the right position from a heart standpoint uh, to raise a little boy the right way. Because I don't want to do anything but love and coddle and cherish and protect and my little girl. You know what I mean? You look at those little eyes. She like, she, I don't know, flirting's kind of a weird word, but like, you know when a little girl looks at her dad and her just, her whole face lights up like a Christmas tree every day, every morning. I'll be sitting at the uh, at the table, you know, going through my phone, reading the Bible, eating my breakfast, and I'll look over, and Ada peeks her head up <laughs> over the couch, and she see well, her and I lock eyes, and she gets this big, big smile on her face, and she falls backwards uh, on her little butt, and uh, it's just, dude, my wife brings her out when she pulls her out of the crib, and when her and I lock eyes for the first time in the morning, man, it's just like, it's there's nothing like that feeling. Nothing. Nothing in this world compares to that. I would give it all away for that. I'd give everything. So, I think that God has given me two little girls to prepare me so that I don't turn, you know, I don't make turn, you know, I'm not too harsh with my little boy, you know? Um, and make him too much of a warrior. You know what I mean? Um, so, I don't remember what the last point was, but the, ne the next one is a real man controls his emotions. A real man controls his emotions. Now, I'm a very emotional person, as you know. If you follow me, listen to me, you know I'm high strung. And I could probably do a better job in some circumstances. This is where I need a little bit of work. Or a lot of bit of work. Um, when I say control your emotions though. I mean being able to shoulder the burdens of manhood without losing your shit. Which I wasn't always good at this. Being able to handle stress. Being able to handle issues and problems. Being able to deal with failure and and life without downloading your insecurities on your wife. Part of being a real man is being able to control your emotions and to handle things like a stoic. Now, I think there's there's a lot of guys who are embracing the stoicism now to a fault. You know, they're sitting around reading meditations and like pretending not to have an emotional reaction to anything. I think as a man, if you're going to be a high achiever, you have to be a little bit emotional. Like, I don't know of any super high achievers that don't get amped up sometimes and really in the zone. Um, like, I look at a guy like Elon Musk. Now, that's stoicism right there. Now, I've seen him fired up before. 
he gets fired up and he speaks his mind. But you don't see him making rash decisions emotionally. And I think that's what it boils down to is a real man doesn't make mistakes often with his decision making. Important decision making. So I'm going to continue this episode because I'm at the gym. I've got a long drive tomorrow. Um, so, But I'm going to have the wife and baby in the car. But I'm going to try to film or record one for you guys tomorrow. So I want you to chew on these nuggets that I've given you today um, as to what it means to be a real man. All right. I love you guys. Let's get it.